Welcome to the Digital Agency Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Englander. Today's show is sponsored by our company, Sales Schema, and we are a dedicated system and new business team for boutique agencies. If you want to learn more about what we do using thought leadership and direct outreach, account-based marketing, and other strategies to keep our clients' pipelines full and make sure that new business is consistent, you can go to saleschema.com and you can schedule a consultation with us. Today's guest is William Butler, and William is the head honcho over at Butler Inc. Butler Inc. is a digital shop that does a a number of things. Among many other services, Butler focuses on Wikipedia engagement. And with that in mind, William is uh, is a consummate expert on this medium. So I learned a whole lot on this episode. I learned about all sorts of things I didn't know about the genesis of Wikipedia uh, and how remarkable it really is as a platform. And I think this episode is going to be really, really fun and interesting. Uh, William got really far into how Wikipedia is is being governed, um, the sorts of, of interesting and difficult questions that have to be answered about the way that companies and individuals who are contemporary uh, monitor and, and sort of build a presence on the platform. And if you are involved in any element of the public record for your clients, if they're mid to large companies, I think you're going to want to hear this because Wikipedia is someplace you obviously need to be paying attention um, and staying ahead of. So without further ado, please give it up for William Butler. William, thanks for coming on the show. Hey Dan, thanks for having me here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I, I, you're you're focusing on on Wikipedia, which is really interesting, and you know, there are it's definitely a niche. Um, so, I'd love it if you could go into your background a little bit and kind of how um, you started Butler Inc. and focused on that area. I live in Washington D.C. I was uh, born and raised in Portland, Oregon. Um, you know, I, middle class background. I went to the state school down the road. Go Ducks! Uh, while I was there, I edited a, a student magazine got me interested in politics, so I moved out to Washington, D.C. after that. Um, and so I started out my career as a journalist. Um, I, I, I love writing, but I wasn't necessarily well-suited to the shoe leather of uh, developing a beat and sources. Um, but you know, I, re- I wrote a column for National Journal's Hotline back in the early 2000s. Um, that eventually got me noticed by a public affairs and a kind of digital, we used to call it a new media firm uh, back in those days. Uh, before the word social media had been settled upon as the kind of, you know, I main, yeah, main. I forgot about that yeah. one. That yeah, I remember, I remember having actual discussions in the office. We call it new media or social media. And eventually yeah. that got answered. Right. Uh, so I stayed with both of those places about four years each. Um, I've always been the restless entrepreneur type. Um, so I eventually I set off to do my own thing. Um, and so for about the last decade, I've run my own shop, Butler Inc., uh, we're about 22 employees right now, um, and I still live in Washington with my wife and our three cats. Great, great. That makes sense. And what what was the genesis of the agency like? Like, what did you start on, and how did you eventually find your way onto you know Wikipedia services? Yeah, certainly. Um, well, I mentioned writing the column for uh, for National Journal, and this was it was at that that topic. The topic I wrote about was the political blogosphere. We started this uh, right after the 2004 election, which was the first time where, you know, pre-Twitter, pre-Facebook, the bloggers started to make their, um, you know, presence known and influencing the storylines of the coverage of the Bush v. Kerry campaign. Um, And, you know, I was interested in that, but it turns out that my interests were more broad. Like, I, I, I think from way back, I've been interested in online communities, 
but especially online communities where people are like separately writing around a shared goal. Uh, I mean, on the blogosphere, you had a left and a right, and there was sort of a, you know, everyone was organized around the goal, like arguing about these issues. Wikipedia, you know, well, certainly people argue there too, um, but they do have more of a shared goal of compiling the world's information. Around 2006, I finally decided to dip my toe into it and, you know, became a volunteer editor, ended up writing uh, a blog for a number of years about how Wikipedia works. Um, and like specifically, while I was working at this, um, this new media agency, I got really interested in the fact that Wikipedia has a problem dealing with conflicts of interest. Oftentimes, Wikipedia writes about businesses or people that are still existing or living, and they, um, you know, understandably care what Wikipedia says about them. Wikipedia started out as a small project by some folks getting together on the internet, uh, but it turned into be this, this global, it's, it's these days part of the global information like uh, infrastructure. And it became more, more important than anybody realized. It became an attractive nuisance. Uh, you know, if you, you're not supposed to go edit your own page, but if something's wrong, you want to change it. So there, I was fascinated in how to, uh, how to, how to, how to square that circle, basically. So yeah, I mean, what I did was I set up, I did develop a process of my own while I was at this previous agency. Uh, once I realized that this was a thing that could work and that I had the capability to go out and, you know, like till my own field, uh, I did just that. And, you know, we, we help our clients, um, you know, make Wikipedia articles better on topics that are of interest to them. You know, we are quite emphatic that what we do not do is just go edit Wikipedia articles for money. Uh, we look for pages, um, you know, when we talk to a client, we look at their page, we determine the ways in which that article is not currently living up to Wikipedia's own, uh, you know, guidelines and standards, and then we help do that. We, we research and write new material. We then, um, in a, you know, disclosed manner, saying who we're representing, uh, offer this up to Wikipedia and say, you know, here's a problem. We have this proposed solution. Is this better? It is better. Good. Okay. And then they take it live and we don't ever actually edit the article. Um, and the company, Rank now, we, we do more than that. We've grown to be a, you know, a boutique social media digital marketing company ourselves. Um, but, you know, Wikipedia, it's our most unusual service, if not our only one. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. And, and with that in mind, you know, so Wikipedia is dealing with uh, the past, dealing with you know, people and events that have, already, that have already existed or lived. And then there's mm -hmm. everything that's contemporary. So if you had your old, you know, your grandmother's encyclopedia collection, it wouldn't, it wouldn't deal with... <laughs> Donald Trump or the Kardashians or whatever, or like uh, whatever black black rock apples doing or something. So yeah. I, I guess at this point, you know, like what, what, at what point have you earned the right to have this sort of ambiguous stature in, in Wikipedia mm -hmm. or the, or the sort of digital public record? At what point have you, does Wikipedia think that you are, are deserving of that and how are yeah. you helping with that? Yeah. Well, so yeah, for anybody who's interested in determining whether their company product themselves, you know, are eligible for a Wikipedia entry. Uh, you know, the, the place to go to read about that is a guideline called notability. And so notability is this term of art in Wikipedia that roughly means, you know, important enough to uh, have, a, have a standalone entry about. And uh, it's as, a litmus, as, litmus test, as litmus tests go, it's actually rather fuzzy. The, um, the basics though, is you need to have independence coverage from well-known 
established publications. It helps it if they are you know, print publications. They don't have to be. Um, it's more important that the uh, coverage be written by a professional journalist, so op-eds don't count. Um, and it needs to be really like actually about you and your work. So uh, I've talked to a number of people who are somewhat prominent uh, spokespersons, especially on Capitol Hill here in DC. And you know, some of them actually, some of them actually want their own pages. It's funny. A Wikipedia page is definitely a double-edged sword, right? Like anybody can edit it. So if someone doesn't like you, they can add to it too. But you know, the ego boost of having a page is so strong for some. Anyway, these spokespersons, like they're quoted like in the Washington Post and Politico all the time, but it's never about them. It's always about their boss and, and their boss's work. And so it really like the, the, the coverage has to be dedicated. You can't just be passing mention. Um, there's a whole range of publications that you think might work or might, that actually don't. I would say Forbes and specifically its contributor columns are not allowed by Wikipedia as a uh, a source to verify how important something is. Forbes the magazine can count. That's written by professional journalists. But the contributor network, is, they're all, you know, it's basically their blog. It's a group blog. And they don't have editors that are fact-checking. Um, so that's what they're looking for. I would say, though, just to try to give a capsule answer to the question, if you are the subject of, like, the actual subject of, like, at least five profiles in a you know well-known news publication, it probably should come over a period of time. It's hard to ha have it like happen and become notable instantly, unless like you get like arrested or something. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and you know, is it, think of it as sort of like a long-term thing. Like you, you notability it, it grows. It, that, that doesn't usually happen all at once. Right, right. And there's there's some things I want to dig into there later about you know, yeah. events or where that's going. But one thing I've heard you say in the past is, is uh, Wikipedia is highly subject to inertia. Can you shed more light on, on mm -hmm. what you mean there? Yeah, so I, I, I do say this in, in terms of trying to explain to people why it can be difficult to get Wikipedia to change what it says about something. Um, you know, so with Wikipedia's pages, the content that you find there, um, you know, I think it makes sense to say that they are the accretion of decisions that are made by editors over time. So if you want to build, if you want to add on to Wikipedia, you can't just show up on a page and then decide to completely rethink what was written before. It is, it is, it is bad form to blank the page and start over, absent a really compelling reason to do so. Um, there can be. Sometimes there are pages that just need to be dynamited and you know raised and built from the ground up. But for the most part, you know, uh, Wikipedia editors tend to uh, defer to the prior decisions made by other editors until such as someone makes the case that there is a serious problem, it's assumed to be correct. Um, so I think that like they, the, the preference not to second guess previous editors is why the inertia develops. And another thing, just to keep in mind, most Wikipedia articles are not edited very often. There is almost six million editor, sorry, almost six million articles on the English Wikipedia. But there are only around like a hundred-ish thousand editors who are making an edit every month. There's not enough editors to go around, yeah. and a lot of them tend to focus on you. Met, like the Donald Trump page gets a ton of edits. The you know the page about like I don't know you know Donald J 
Simpson of, you know, Ohio. I don't know if that's a real person or not. That page probably gets edited like once every six months if it's even a real page. Right. And it, it's sort of it's sort of remarkable as a system because it kind of like eerily resembles the English common law system or something like that, where the the judges like can't be everywhere at once and then, then they're they're ruling on cases and observing uh honoring precedent in in these things. So it it's yeah. kinda, it kind of makes sense and there's built in corrections. It's not perfect, but it really is impressive with what Wikipedia has managed to do. Um, I guess with that in mind, are there any stories you can tell, any, any examples from companies you've worked with, even if it's anonymized, about what, what can come up and how you guys are fixing it, how you guys are helping them, and so on? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, the, I would say I'll give you an example of what this, the general process is like, and then I do have one you know, short anecdote. You know, the general process of working with, with, with Butler Inc. on a Wikipedia project is someone who has a page that already exists and has some kind of intractable, intractable problem. Maybe it is, you know, too short, too long, but like it, it needs, needs some serious attention. We will, you know, kind of, we'll do a strategic assessment of that page. We'll then recommend usually kind of going month by month because um, we can never quite promise how quickly things will be updated. Uh, we're dependent on the volunteers to help us. And so my, my team, we do the research, uh, we do the writing, we share outlines, we share drafts, clients, so they um, can come along and, and see why we're making the choices we're making. A lot of times they will ask to include something that we just can't find a source for, or that doesn't you know, meet Wikipedia's um, you know, uh, content guidelines. And so we'll have to figure out what's another way to do something similar or explain we, we can't do that. Once we have got to a draft that we agree upon, uh, then a lot of times, increasingly, we are having the, the clients, we're helping them to create their own user account that they're the ones in control of, and then we help them with messaging to go reach out to the Wikipedia community to ask them to update pages. Uh, and it's sort of an iterative process. You ask, get a small thing fixed, go back and ask for something else until you're at a reasonable point. That is, uh, that's, that's how it's supposed to work in practice, and that's the way that it mostly does. Um, you know, I, there's actually, next year from MIT Press, there's going to be a book about Wikipedia at 20. Uh, it's about to have its 20th anniversary in January of 2021. I've got an essay in there uh, talking about the, the, the conflict of interest or paid editing work that I do. Yeah. Um, and like in, that, in that essay, I, I relate probably like the most important or um, at any rate, the most exciting and terrifying episode from my, uh, my, my work history on Wikipedia. And the, the, the shortest possible version of it is we were working for a famous restaurant chain that had had some controversies in its history, uh, but it also had gained this real devoted following. Um, and the Wikipedia article at the time that we started working with the company was like all about the controversy and not about its popularity or the distribution of its locations. So as far as I saw, we were bringing, uh, a, we were rebalancing that. So we researched and wrote a new draft and then we found a, a volunteer editor who uh, worked on food and drink articles to review it. And then he agreed that it was a lot better and then he made the change. He switched over the article from one to the other. The problem here is that we were a little bit too successful um, and we only got one guy to look at it. So after he made it, like the very next day, someone came and put it back and then slapped a warning tag on it. Uh, and like it turned into this whole argument about like other people got involved. And it turned into this whole argument about whether I, whether what I was doing was okay, um, whether I was subverting Wikipedia. Like it really opened up these real existential questions about what does it mean to have 
yeah. you know, paid forces <clears throat> involved. Uh, and this went on for like two or three months around Christmas and New Year's of 2012. Um, and at the same time, I had just given an interview, an hour-long interview to C-SPAN about Wikipedia, and that came out in the middle of this. So I'm getting all of these congratulations from people about, wow, I saw you on C-SPAN, that's so cool. At the meantime, meanwhile, I'm thinking that like, my professional life is coming to an end, and they're going to kick me off Wikipedia and change the rules. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, is, that is not what happened, of course, <laughs> right. needless to say. Uh, at one point, you know, finally, Jimmy Wales, the famous co-founder of Wikipedia, he got pulled into the discussion, and uh, within that general time period, uh, he came up with a formulation about how to handle paid editing that basically says, you know, if you're going to do PR or marketing, uh, you know, editing for your job in any way, uh, do not edit the articles directly. Uh, instead, go to the discussion pages, make your case. You should be able to get a fair hearing. Um, so actually, at the moment of this like, near-death uh, experience, I actually got validation for our approach. And, and live to tell the tale. It's been mostly more boring since then. Yeah, yeah, that, that's interesting. And we'll, I guess we'll have to see how it plays out. And mm-hmm. there's just going to be a lot that, a lot of uh, cases that will have to happen until they figure it out. And they probably, probably never, they'll never be perfect. And that's just kind of the way it goes. But absolutely, um, I, I guess with that in mind, you, you talked about, you know, what, what a lot of our listeners might be thinking is I have an agency, you know, we've gotten to this level or I have clients that have gotten to this, this other level and, you know, okay, so I got to get, I got to get five solid articles and I got to do this. And then once from there, we get a Wikipedia page and we're going to have amazing rankings and it's going to be such a great, you know, brag, bragging rights piece. How, how manufacturable is that? Is that something you guys help with? You know, it, it just doesn't seem like an amazing barrier to cross to get a Wikipedia page if you really wanted one. No, I think it's actually rather quite difficult. Uh, it is intended to be high. Yeah. Like, you know, Wikipedia volunteers, you know, they view what they're doing as a, uh, as an educational project. It is not there to help anybody do their marketing. And so they, if, if anything, the, uh, the, the bar, the barrier to entry has, has risen over recent years. Mm-hmm. I'll actually give you an example of how they've done this when it comes to startups, which may be relevant, I think, for your audience. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, you know, maybe five or seven years ago, there were times where we would work with startup companies who, you know, at that point had, you know, barely released a product. What they'd done is they'd raised money and they'd got coverage from TechCrunch and VentureBeat and other, you know, online publications dedicated to, you know, startup land. And, you know, several times we were successful getting a article created. Um, we wouldn't be successful getting those articles created today because the standards changed. Uh, I, a couple of Wikipedia editors uh, started a discussion about whether or not it is acceptable to use news of fundraising rounds as uh as as evidence of notability and you know there are and this is basically they carved out a special case that said no <laughs> you know in one hand it's it, it raising money might seem hard but in the big picture raising money is a lot easier than actually building a lasting business and so they decided we'd rather have articles about lasting businesses and in fact um you know a couple of those startups we wrote about uh several years ago they don't exist any longer but they still have Wikipedia pages. And that seems like hmm, yeah. Yeah. not the most useful thing. Right, right. So it sounds like they're, they're, they're at least keeping ahead of these, these hard questions, right? So that's, that's always good. Um, one one you know, kind of meandering question I might have is you mentioned that, that op-eds don't count. Um, and and yeah. right now there's, there's a lot of fear and kind of concern about our ability to make sense of the world because of this perceived power of, 
you know, social media echo chambers cre- created by algorithms and that sort of sure. thing. So, you know, while Wikipedia is not an algorithm, obviously, how do you right. think, do you think it's subject to those same problems and those same forces? And, and if so, how? That is such a fascinating question. I mean, there's a zillion ways to go with that. The first one, though, that comes to mind, actually, is um, a, a, a term. You remember the term wikiality as coined by Stephen Colbert? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. This is from his show, you know, uh, his old, his previous show, you know, it basically means, you know, reality is what we agree on it to be. It's Wikipedia. It's reality is decided by majority rule. And this is, you know, it is as far as it relates to Wikipedia, it's, um, uh, it makes, it's, 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 I don't know if it's prescient or it's accurate, but it's, it's, it's on point because Wikipedia explicitly runs on the consensus of those who are involved. Um, anybody can add something to Wikipedia and it stays there until someone else comes along and challenges it. If there's a challenge, then there's a discussion. There's actually a process in Wikipedia. It's called the BRD cycle. Bold, revert, uh, discuss. Someone boldly makes an edit. Someone comes along, disagrees and reverts it. Then they're supposed to go to the talk page and hash it out before they return to the content. It doesn't always work quite that ideally, but that is that is the everybody on Wikipedia who's been around for a while understands this concept. Um, you know that said, uh, participation matters a lot too, and Wikipedia has systemic biases that it is extremely well aware of. You know, you may have heard in the past that Wikipedia is like 90% of the editorship is male. Um, it's just this thing that. Nobody knows really what to do about. Um, other than lots of people working on this, uh, I know folks who run organizations called Women in Red, uh, which aims to write new articles about uh, uh, <clears throat> prominent women, especially women scientists. You know, a red link on Wikipedia is when there's no article behind it. We're turning these women from red to blue. You know, blue link he does have right. an article. Um, you know, there's a fairly uh, infamous case just from uh, last year or so. Uh, Donna Strickland was, uh, uh, she won the Nobel Prize in physics, um, but she didn't have a Wikipedia biography until she uh, until she actually won the prize. Meanwhile, every Linux dis- distribution gets a detailed article, and like every major video game release, uh, those, those are some of the most like densely, you know, like described pages that Wikipedia has. Um, right, yeah. Uh, so the, 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 the trick is to make Wikipedia more accessible. And like I say, like Women in Red or, or Whose Knowledge is another one are trying to work on this. Uh, and there's the Wiki Education Foundation as well. It's a nonprofit a spinoff of the Wikimedia Foundation. They do outreach to universities and schools. So listeners who graduated from college in the last 10 years may have noticed, you know, 10 years ago, uh, teachers and professors were like, never, ever go to Wikipedia. And then that's changed over time to... It's okay as a starting point for research. What you want to do is follow the, the sources out and do, and, you know, it's a good starting point. It's a bad ending. And right. uh, I think that's a healthy development. So, I mean, I don't think Wikipedia is, Wikipedia can be its own echo chamber within its own community. Um, but it is, it, is, it is literally open to anybody to get involved. Um, you just have to kind of learn the way they do things and be willing to play on their field. And, you know what? Surprise, surprise! Writing an encyclopedia is really hard. It's not for everyone. So right. that's these problems. Um, Wikipedia has its own set of problems. I don't think the echo chamber thing is really Wikipedia's problems. I know after the 2016 election, 
uh, Catherine Marr, who's the executive director of the Wikimedia Foundation, uh, wrote a blog post for their site and maybe published elsewhere saying that, you know, Wikipedia is the antidote to fake news. Um, and I think that there's a lot to be said for that. Interesting. Yeah. And, and with that in mind, how are they doing? You know, what's the, how healthy are they? Cause they're all, all we ever see is, uh, cause they're on a donation model model. They yeah. have to, they have to sell you on donating. So it's always, That's correct. you know, we're about to collapse or whatever. We really need your money. <laughs> what NPR does, yeah. what everybody does, but correct. how, how closely does that map to reality? Yeah, they are nowhere near collapse. That, okay. is, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, the, I mean, the, the foundation itself, you know, monetarily has more money than it's ever had. I have not checked the, um, you know, I, I've not looked at their bank balance myself lately. But uh, I mean, we're talking, we're, it's it, they have closer to. I, I'm so bad at figures. I'm not even going to give a figure. But it's going to be embarrassing when I find out I'm wrong later. But it's in the millions. They have millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. The fundraisers are very successful. Um, there's been a challenge though that that money doesn't does not go to the editors. You know, the editors are volunteers, and they don't necessarily want the money either. But it's difficult to figure out how to use that money to support, um, you know, Wikipedia properly. They do have a little bit of a problem of too much money, frankly. So what do they um, do with it if it's not going to the editors and it's not like a fancy site that's hosting content otherwise? Wh where does that money go? Well, over the past, say, maybe like up to 10 years, uh, a real goal of Wikipedia has been to try to expand uh, access to Wikipedia to, uh, to other parts of the world. So, you know, speaking of that, um, of the systemic biases of Wikipedia, you know, the average contributor is, you know, like a, a white male who's technically inclined, formally educated, speaks English from the global West and from the global North. Um, and again, that's why the video game articles are so, so detailed. I mean, they're, they're trying to get people who are not that, um, you know, white male, um, you know, person with a PhD from Western Europe to get involved. There've been outreach to, um, to to India, especially. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, and in, 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 in India, the English Wikipedia is the most used encyclopedia, the most used version of Wikipedia for certain. It's both. Yeah. Um, you know, that, because they have so many different languages, but English is the lingua franca among the different languages. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that the, that's enough uh, of a resource spend in itself is just translating what's already there and, and making sure that the cultural references are intact, you know, across a lot of languages. So I'm sure that's that's no easy. Well, I, it's not quite it, though. That's not quite it, because the foundation, uh, based on its charter, uh, is disallowed from getting involved in content questions. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, they can support editors. And so they do. They have there's an annual conference every year called Wikimania. Uh, they have various smaller conferences devoted to uh, different chapters and interest groups that they can fund. Uh, if you like, I, I'm, I'm a member of Wikimedia DC, and so Wikimedia DC gets a budget every year um, to hold events, and so they do a lot of events called Editathon. I went to one at the Smithsonian just a few weeks ago, where um, as staff from the from the Smithsonian, uh, this is the Air and Space Museum staff from there, from NASA, and uh, from a few other agencies were there, along with uh, a number of Wikipedia editors, and we kind of like collaborated on creating some articles. So I created an article while I was there about a woman scientist uh, who worked at NASA in the 20th century. Yeah. You know, this exists. And so it's that kind of thing that they're, try they're trying to get people involved. They they're trying to indirectly pay people to write Wikipedia articles rather than directly people to write Wikipedia articles. I don't know if they would like that characterization, but that, that's how I see it. 
Right. That makes sense. So, so it sounds like, you know, if I'm thinking on behalf of, of our listeners that might have either clients or, or if there's people on the brand side listening to, and they might already have a presence on, on Wikipedia. Um, but it's, it's, it's not a channel that, you know, you're constantly building out and using as your, your own PR platform. Cause as you've described, that does, doesn't really work so well like that. But what, what, what are the options? What are the things that you do need to keep track of on Wikipedia and, and how can you best do that if you're on, either on the brand side or the agency side? Yeah, I mean, if you are, you know, if, 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 if you work at a company that you know, has a article about your company or about your product or about your leadership, um, by all means, it is your, you know, it is your fiduciary duty to, you know, be aware of what that article says. Uh, because it shows up at the top of Google search results. Uh, it is what, you know, um, Amazon's Echo draws upon when you ask it, what is, you know, a such and such? A such and such is a thingamajig, right? Um, and so it, it is not the easiest thing in the world, which uh, I don't know if we were ready to segue to talk about WikiWatch, but I mean, this is certainly a good a good way to do so. Um, you know, because like I hear at, at Butler Inc. for the last decade, we have done uh, services, pure services, working closely, hand, hand in glove with our clients to, you know, address issues for them on Wikipedia. But it's such a small, like, percentage of the, you know, companies or people who might have an interest or should take an interest in their Wikipedia page. We just can't work with them all um, because there's only so much of us to go around and, and we're not, not the cheapest option either. So over the last year and a half or so, we have been like actively developing a software as a service product, calling it WikiWatch, uh, that is intended to be um, a convenient access point for understanding Wikipedia for for brands, for companies. It's really especially designed for like corporate communications departments uh, and PR agencies uh, and people who are brand managers. Like if your job within an organization is to keep tabs on you know, social media mentions or, you know, like regular media mentions. If you're using Cision or Trendkite or, you know, Sprinkler or Sprout Social to keep track of, you know, your, what people are saying about your company online, you're doing social listening, but why are you not doing social listening for Wikipedia? And the answer is because nothing has really existed along those lines before. That is what WikiWatch is. It, it is, it is not quite Cision for Wikipedia, but it, it has aspirations to get there. Um, so what, 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 our, what our service does is it gives you timely updates when something happens on a page. If you choose to follow certain pages, it will send you updates uh, either when they happen or on a periodic basis if you're choosing. Um, it will then tell you, it will then give you insights about uh, the specific edits, like what actually happened in the edits, and a little bit about who was responsible for making it. And um, it allows you to share that, you know, with folks inside your organization or outside. And then it also provides an avenue for getting some help, like a lightweight version of what my company does. We will help with, you know, posting requests to get changes made on Wikipedia. And like I think we we created this solution because exactly what you asked was a thing that there was every once in a while someone writes a column. Uh, there was one in campaigns and elections a few weeks ago saying. Hey, campaigns, it's your duty to follow what is happening on Wikipedia. But like, if you are not already a Wikipedia editor, the, uh, it is the challenge to figure out what to do. And the, the user interface is, on Wikipedia, it is, it's, it is clunky. Any Wikipedia editor will tell you that. It is, it is ugly. Um, it's very, 
powerful if you know how to how to do it. It's like a stick shift. You know, you get great control yeah. of that Wikipedia page if you can go into the ugly back end. But most people never want to deal with that. So we save people from the ugly back end. We just share them what they need to know and give them the basis to make decisions about maybe doing something. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you're in a PR capacity or communications capacity and you're monitoring for like somebody writing one or two angry tweets and you're not monitoring the public record of your client that mm-hmm. or, you, or you just happen to find out about it when when it's been mis- misattributed for months on end, that's a major problem. So I think this this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, thanks. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a problem. People don't know how to really... Wikipedia runs on like a different time frame than most people do because as we said before, those pages can be real, 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 real quiet until all of a sudden um, it's a it's a disaster. So you know there there's a crisis communications element of this as well, and you know certainly one is in a better position if they have this in place so they can find out and respond quickly. Um, but you know anybody working in corporate communication or anybody works in crisis communications. Can tell you the challenge of getting people to prepare ahead of time. Right. Um, that is that is now what I'm trying to do. Yeah, it's a pr- pretty reasonable insurance policy against that sort of thing. So if, if nothing else, exactly. yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. And then one one uh, cliche question I like to ask is I, I guess beyond yeah. maybe in addition to what we talked about or but uh, or, or beyond that rather, what trends are you seeing? You know, either either in the marketing world or just the world at large that you think we should all be paying more attention to. Oh wow, well. uh, I mean. At the world at large, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and say something I, I like to, to say uh, that it's not really like brand or client or startup related, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I worry about the state of the world. Um, I, and uh, my, my phrase is the modern world is optimized for psychopathy. This can also be termed the Internet is optimized for psychopathy. That those who lack any shame and who are willing to do things that others will not uh, so far, the short-term record is that they will be rewarded, and uh, I would like to think that that does not last, does not continue. That that's not a fundamental change. That there will be comeuppance, uh, and I'm not going to affix any proper nouns to this at all. I'm just going to say that. Um, but in terms, of, that's not what you came here for. What you want to know was uh, in like marketing world and, yeah, uh, and that's, startups. That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> good. Thank you. Not in the um, marketing world. Yeah. 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 No, I mean it's applicable everywhere, frankly. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, there's a long, you probably heard from others that there's a long-term trend away from like brands uh, maintaining an agency of a record that they work with for years. I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that, you know, most people within our age range don't work for one company for the majority of their career. They, they hop around, right. you know, and like, this has been good for us. Like Butler Inc. It is a, um, you know, we frankly, we haven't had that many agency of record, you know, uh, situations. We've, we've had a couple really just for social media. Um, but we've seen like big brands looking outside the major firms going <laughs> to work with smaller firms that have certain expertise. Uh, I mean, you have, you have to come to us for Wikipedia practically. There's not that many ethical um, or effective competitors in this market. Right. Um, but like we also do data visualizations. We've had a chance to work with some very large companies doing some really cool data visualization projects. Um, and then I would say as regards Wikipedia, we've seen like continued greater interest in Wikipedia over time, uh, we've seen more requests are being made by companies to Wikipedia editors. So w- when Jimmy Wales, you know, said five or so years ago, please don't edit if you're a PR person, but you know, ask for help. That is working. There are there are, people are asking for help. Right. Um, 
my, my concern is that they don't always ask very well. That's one thing that I want WikiWatch to help to yeah. improve. Um, yeah, no, we, we've, we've seen the Wikipedia as it approaches its 20th uh, anniversary, uh, you know, I forget if I use this phrase already, but it's part of the, you know, global information infrastructure. And it, that seems to be pretty well set. A lot of times you will read Wikipedia, even if you uh, are not reading Wikipedia, by which I mean, you know, the, the, the major tech companies, Apple, Google, Facebook, um, you know, Microsoft, they agree on Wikipedia as the, like, the central source, source of all knowledge. Yeah. Like yeah. Google shut down its uh, open database for Wikipedia's open knowledge database a few years ago. And, you know, Google, Google's first page of results not only includes a link to Wikipedia oftentimes, but they have information that they pulled directly from Wikipedia. And that's actually a little bit controversial in Wikipedia circles because they, they, they fear that if people don't realize that they're getting the information from Wikipedia, they may never go to the site and realize, hey, I can edit this thing too. Right. And the long-term fear is always that the editorship will decline. And right. in the, I, you asked me about how they're doing before. I, I, would have, I, I should have addressed that. You know, there was a period where Wikipedia's editorship was, was drifting downward. It's actually stabilized in the last few years. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're finding out what the balance is, like how many editors do you really need to keep it good enough? We probably have that right now and probably will for years to come. Right, right. Yeah, and, and uh, hopefully there's enough enough domain expertise as, as new things happen and new technology happens to, to keep it, to keep it accurate. You know, I guess that's, that's what you'd hope for. Yeah. I mean, there, there are lots of projects like that. Um, trying to use, uh, you know, machine learning to uh, perform, you know, to make, to make judgments that would take humans too long. There's an effort to use that wiki data um, database to like supply information back to Wikipedia. So, if like one piece of information changes that's used across Wikipedia, they don't have, editors don't have to go make them everywhere, but change it one place and it's reflected elsewhere. Yeah, so yeah, that makes sense. And I like what you said on the agency side too. And we're saying, seeing the exact same thing where you know it's the, the the brand. It's more about who's doing cool stuff and how can we test it. You know, so I think that yeah. you guys are on the right track there with with specializing and coming out with new technology and so on. So, makes I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Let's go, William. How can people get in touch with you? Ah, okay. Well, let me first put WikiWatch up front because that's what I'm trying to promote these days. Um, you can find it at uh, wikiwatch.net. That is our main website. You can get me there, bill at wikiwatch.net. Um, Butler Inc., the company, is at Butler Inc., B E U T L E R I N K.com. Uh, you can find me personally. I'm most often on Twitter as at William Butler. And yeah, that, that's, that's where I usually hang out. On the I also want to check out that book, Wikipedia 20. So that's going to be interesting. Yes, it's, it's, it's actually like probably about a year away from publication. Okay, got a ways out. Yeah, we just got the, um, we just got all of the, you know, notification that like our essays have been accepted. Yeah. And it, it aims to publish a little closer to the 20th anniversary since we're still uh, a little bit, a little more than a year out. Awesome. That sounds good. And we'll get all that, that linked up in the show notes and everything. So thanks again, William. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Had a good time. Thank you for listening to the Digital Agency Growth Podcast. Again, today's episode is sponsored by our company, Sales Schema, and we are a dedicated new business team for boutique agencies, helping our clients grow, helping our clients 
get into mid to large brands, um, among other things. So if you want to learn about what we're doing and schedule a consultation, you can go to saleschema.com. And I look forward to catching you on the next episode. Thank you.